Ever wonder what it's like to work with a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner? Today, get the answers on the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Aaron Wiseman, and I'm here today to talk about Physician Coaching Alliance, otherwise known as PCA. This is a space dedicated to providing stellar coaching for our colleagues so you can do your best work in the world. We believe that in order to change the culture of healthcare as we know it today, all physicians and others working in healthcare need access to coaching. So we can help you find a coach, become a coach, or join our community of coaches to strengthen the work that you're doing. One value that I want to mention that we share in PCA is community over competition, because gone are the days that we see each other as enemy. Instead, we believe working together is the key to success of the individual and the whole. So if you're coaching curious or a coach yourself, come on over to PCA. We'd love to see you there. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I'm so happy you're here. For my returning listeners, thank you so much. For my new listeners, welcome. Because today, like on every episode, I'm bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, we have Caitlin Duran. Caitlin currently lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and works at Duke City Urgent Care, her first job out of physician assistant school. She had her first child while applying to PA school during that time, and she was four months old when she was attending interviews. She attended the University of St. Francis in Albuquerque, New Mexico, an early start program. She attended from 2018 to 2020 and made wonderful professional and social connections within the Albuquerque area during her schooling. She decided to stay in the area following school. During her clinical year, she became pregnant with her second child, Dorian, who was born just two months after she graduated. She applied to several positions, but finally found her home with the Duke City Urgent Care. She feels that she has been able to flourish as a clinician with an extensive clinical support team. She has now been at Duke City for almost a year. Her daughter is four and her son is one, and she has a job that she loves with a great work-life balance. She says that she could not be more grateful for her journey and where she's ended up. She looks forward to a fulfilling career and becoming a better provider every day. Well, with all that aside, let's get Caitlin onto the show. Caitlin Duran, welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Glad we could finally do this. So, uh, Caitlin, I've recorded a little bit about you for the listeners, but in your own words, could you tell everybody kind of who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So, um, well, I am a recent PA school graduate. Um, I used to live in Colorado. I grew up there in Southwest Colorado in the Four Corners. I got my undergrad in cell and molecular biology at Fort Lewis College in Durango, and then um, went to University of St. Francis in Albuquerque for PA school. And I had a great program there. They allowed me to do all my rotations here in Albuquerque because I have kids, young kids. And so that way I didn't have to be gone for weeks at a time. And I established a lot of connections in Albuquerque that way. And so um, I really just kind of fell in love with the area and the medical community. And it's actually a pretty small medical community for being a sort of big city. And I just didn't want to leave. I decided to just try to find a job here 
and I currently work for Duke City Urgent Care in Albuquerque, which is a, it's actually a privately owned urgent care that started out as like one clinic, but it's been expanding pretty heavily. And now we have five clinics and they just started a primary care. And I think they're working on getting behavioral health and pediatrics as well. Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, urgent care, you know, urgent care and, and the continuum of urgent care and emergency medicine is uh, is challenging as a new grad, um, as a new grad PA. You know, I've run into that myself um, with some of the PAs I work with uh, at my, in my emergency department. So um, what do you think were some of the uh, tools to success, you know, besides great learning and, and great schooling, what are some of the tools to your success uh, early in your career, especially in a challenging acute care environment? Totally. So one of the things that I've been just unbelievably grateful for in my job is that they are super heavy on education and mentorship. So the system is essentially like four doctors who kind of run the whole thing. They're like our medical directors. And then the vast majority of our staff are all mid-level. So PAs and NPs. Um, and when I started the job, they, they accepted the fact that I was a new grad and they actually put me into this fellowship program they started where basically we spent two weeks in what they call boot camp, which was essentially like lectures put together by the senior staff and the MDs. And then after that, we went on fellowship where we were essentially paired with a provider and would see, it was almost exactly like rotations. Like I would see patients, I would present to them, they would give me feedback, they would either agree or disagree or make suggestions. And then they essentially signed off on all my charts. And I did that for three months, which was great. And I learned so much. Like it would have been horrifying to jump right in because like you said, urgent care is such a broad area and there's so much to know. And it's actually really like, I'm honestly so impressed by the things that we can handle in urgent care and the things that we can do to keep people out of the ER. And it's really it's challenging to make that distinction between what can I treat here and what can I send out? And that was where having that mentorship was like invaluable. Absolutely. I mean, I think I, we have a similar, you know, 90 day program. I think that that's certainly very important, but um, you know, you're the first uh, APP, if you want to call them that, that we have on your, sh- on the show. And as the show is geared towards the early career physician, I want to ask you some specific questions as to the working relationship between PAs and NPs and uh, physicians. So um, as long as that's okay with you. No, totally. So, <laughs> so uh, let's, so, you know, a, a lot, you hear a lot about, um, you hear a lot of nonsense out there. And sometimes it's difficult to distinguish between what's real life and what's uh, uh, the vocal minority, right? Um, and I think, you know, I've always had good working relationships with all the APPs I've worked with. They're part of, they're fully integrated into the team. You know, they're great. They're they're super helpful to me and the staff and their and their team members. But if you're if you're a new grad physician and you're nervous about working with APPs, you know a lot of residencies you don't interact with them that much, right? You you work at a big academic center with other you know medical trainees, other residents, other medical students, and you, maybe you don't interact with the APPs that much, right? So you know, what's your advice to having a successful working relationship? Um, give it like right out of the gate. Let's say you're a cardiologist. They're like, oh yeah, there'll be two PAs working with you. You know, what's your advice? Okay. So what my advice would be then that I think that there is a, an amazing amount of training that goes into mid-level like APP training programs that 
we we like to I think a lot of people tend to think off out of the gate that there there must know less and I, I think that I think that that's not true that they probably know the same things but less detail about it like they do a really thorough job of training us to know about hopefully most of the disease processes out there and and the basics of that but I think that physicians get a lot more detail about those things and a lot more pathophysiology and so in the clinic like I think that we are taught to pick up the important things but what I would give advice to a physician is that we are essentially ingrained to be able to go and speak with our supervising physician our our coworkers and talk about things like we're very much team oriented and so we are always wanting to consult and I would hope that a new physician would be willing to to do that and and be open to us consulting them even giving them them advice if they if they are dealing with something that they haven't dealt with much yet and we have like then we can certainly be work the opposite way like we can help you as well but in general like we are just very much pushed to be team like team based and so we always want to consult I, I talk to my coworkers all day long about the cases that I'm seeing and they're very open to that and then they in a similar way come to me and ask me about my opinion on things and it just works so much better that way so I guess my main point would be don't be afraid of the PA or the NP because they will probably be totally open to helping you and they would love it if you're open to giving them advice as well. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. Have you um, have you run into any like sour relationships? I know like this is your first job out of school. So maybe when you were doing your clinical relationships, did you run into any situations where the physician PA relationship was not too good? And, and, and maybe what did that look like? So I would say nine times out of 10, no, like I have not had bad interactions with physicians in general. Um, obviously the ones who took me on rotations were definitely open to training PAs and stuff, but like, I I would say on a rare occasion, I would run into a doctor that really wasn't about mentoring me or answering questions. And so I would just kind of back off and try to deal with whoever was open to mentoring me. But in general, I never got assigned to those people, right? Like they didn't sign up to, to take me as a student. And so um, I, I very rarely, and then in my job currently, absolutely never. I have literally never run into anyone who's been um, like looked down on mid-levels in any way. Like they are very much open to training me and helping me and getting me um, helping me provide the best patient care. Um, so not, not really, thankfully. That's great to hear. Yeah. Like I said, I really haven't run into much of it either. I think the, the younger generation of physicians is, you know, very much in tune with like the realities of the world right now and, um, have been working with APPs probably all the way through their training. So this is not a new thing for us. And I think, again, you're a valuable part of the team. I don't know what I would do without you guys. So uh, that's, uh, I, I think that's, that's very important um, message to share, you know. Um, I, how do you, so, you know, you, you have a very education and mentorship heavy uh, practice where you're at, right? Um, yeah. What is, you know, do you have any thoughts or advice as to, uh, perhaps uh, the best way to approach that that mentorship relationship. Um, for example, there maybe there's a new urgent care starting up, or maybe there's a physician bringing on a PA for the first time. Um, how do you think that 
that they should approach the education and mentorship of their new PAs because right um, uh, while you guys are excellent tra- like very well trained in school sometimes you certainly need some guidance going you know in a new field when you're starting out so how how do you think the best way is to approach it um, from the physician perspective and then perhaps how, what is the best way to advocate for yourself from the PA perspective so I would say that especially if you're taking a new grad PA um, there I would like to say that when we first come out of school we're kind of we have we know a little bit about a lot of things right so it's like if you are willing to essentially be a mentor and be available that would be the best possible thing like for example the physicians that i work with at my urgent care that are like the medical directors they make themselves available essentially 24 7 and so they give us our personal cell phone numbers and they're open to us communicating with them Thankfully, because we're in the urgent care, we're not in the ER, we don't call them at two o'clock in the morning and wake them up. But it's like the fact that they are open to that. And like, even when they're not the specific person on call, they're like, yeah, you can always call me and consult me. That is huge. Because I think what what's important about that is like, if you're going to hire on a PA or an NP that you are essentially signing up to mentor them, it, it is at the end of the day, partially your license too. And so you want to make sure that the person you're training is adequately trained and be open to that. I definitely would never hire a PA, even if they're experienced, if they're in a new field that they don't know, like I would not just like throw them in the water and walk away. Like you, you have to be available to them to, to consult with, like, that's the biggest thing. It's all about consultation. I mean, in the, at the end of the day, we, we do all the assessment, we do the physical, we do the assessment and plan, but we need that. We need someone to at least bounce ideas off of and um, and give us advice. And so a lot of times they'll, you guys will come up with something that we didn't think about. And then it's it's just makes it makes for the best care. And so I would say that I would love for more physicians to to move towards having mid levels with their practice. But it has to be like a mutual relationship where you're willing to give feedback and be available. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it all comes back to, you know, one of the central tenets of, of originally of the show, which was communication and healthcare, right? Um, we have to be able to talk to each other on the same team if we're able to, you know, in order to provide the best patient care. And perhaps uh, if you're a PA and you're, you know, scared to go to your supervising attending uh, about a case uh, for whatever reason, you know, that could lead to, to disastrous outcomes in the end. And then it's, uh, and, it really is on the uh, the duty of the physician to make sure there's a welcoming relationship there, right? Um, there's plenty of times uh, in the ER that I well, I have very experienced PAs um, right now with me, so you know I trust them quite a bit. But I know if they come to me, you know that they need a second look that, and they know they can feel comfortable coming to me to come look at a patient, you know, then and there um, if there is an issue. So I, I think. I agree completely with what you're saying. It's, it, it is, it is such a back and forth relationship. And I certainly have learned plenty of things from my PAs as well. It's just sometimes, and sometimes they can just the other day at the, uh, one of my PA, one of the PAs had such a really like caught a crazy case. Like I, I was like, well, why'd you even do that cat skin to the head? I, I never would have done that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all a give and take and it's all a learning relationship. And, um, the, Again, I've never really run into any adversarial relationships um, along my journey either. So uh, I think a lot of that is just for um, for the fun, like Facebook discussions sometimes. <laughs> right? No, for real. I mean, I know it happens, 
but I feel like it's becoming less and less frequent and that's great. That's great for us as a profession. I think it's better for you guys as a profession and um, I'm glad for that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's not, I want to, I would always joke with one of the PAs that like, she's not the, you know, you're not the physician's assistant, right? Like you, you are a physician assistant. You're not there to assist us throughout our day. You are there to be part of the team and see patients and, and spread the load. So, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. The, uh, for, there's some listeners on the show that are, are perhaps pre-med or pre-health professions. Um, you know, who would you see, you know, as far as the, the PA school, med school, NP school continuum, um, who do you think is a good candidate to, to go, to apply to PA school? Who, who do you think should, should choose PA as a profession versus maybe one of the others? Okay. So, um, I can kind of answer that by providing my own answer to that question because I was for the most of my life pre-med with the intention of going to medical school. I like took the MCAT and everything and I was ready to apply. Um, but I was, when I was on an internship where I was just shadowing, um, I came across PAs. I actually didn't even know what they were, but I ran into a PA and I talked to him about, about the profession and how, how the model works. And, and I was intrigued and, um, the reason that the top reason that I ended up choosing PA school over MD was essentially the lateral mobility. Um, I liked the idea of being able to switch specialties at some point without having to go through a separate residency. Um, And then, I mean, to be quite honest, like, and I know that you are all about this in terms of like life and work balance. I felt that because the schooling was shorter and there was, the ability to kind of stay in one place and not have to go to residencies across the country and come back and forth that it would potentially work better for me and my family because I had a young daughter at the time. Like she was nine months old when I started PA school. Um, And so I think that it's highly dependent on how sure you are of what specialty you want to work in. And if you have less like definitive a definitive answer to that question. Like you might be better for PA because you can try out different things. Um, I would say that if you want to be the best and the expert and the, and the absolute top like knowledge on a subject that you should go to med school because you then have much more training. You have much more um, postgraduate training. You have your residency. You then potentially have fellowships. And, and if you want to be, like the top knowledge and expert on a specific subject, then that's absolutely where you should be. But if you're more in the interest of just doing clinical practice and potentially dipping your feet in a couple of different pools, like PA would be a great choice. As far as NP, I feel like NPs have a lot of the lateral mobility that PAs have, but they do focus a little bit more on certain specialties like family practice, pediatrics, psychiatry. Um, And I think there are some internal medicine options as well. But I, I, a lot of times the choice between PA and NP comes down to what your background is. So if you if you have a nursing degree, obviously being an NP makes a lot more sense. Um, but if you have like an undergraduate degree in science like I did, then for me, being a PA made more sense because I didn't want to go become an RN and then an NP. So in that aspect, um, that is a lot dependent on what your background is. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I advise people similarly. You know, I think... Um, 
I think the PA, the, the PA profession is a very strong one. Um, and I think it's a really good choice for a lot of people. I think I tell, I never dissuade people from going to med school, but I, I think that people really need to think long and hard about whether, what they want out of their life and their, and their professional life and their personal life and decide if that's the correct decision for them. Um, like you said, the lateral mobility is, is something I think a lot of doctors wish they had, um, <laughs> that are unhappy with their choices, uh, you know, and, and, and finding themselves dealing with some burnout. So, um, yeah, I agree. And I think it's a great choice for, for a lot of people. Um, the NPPA debate, I mean, I think um, the nursing education is very different than the PAMD education. So uh, that's a completely, I think, different discussion for a different day. But, yeah, that's awesome. I, I agree completely. Um, I want to just shift the show a little bit, Caitlin, uh, to talk about you as a guest a little bit more. Um, so I, I can hear your kiddos in the background there, but, uh, with, with all of your free time, what do you like to do for fun? So I would say that 99% of my free time, um, is, is around my kids. So like, I am like, I'm a very active and involved parent. I would like to say, like, I, I spend pretty much every day that I have off taking them to do something. I am definitely not a a homebody. Like I like to be out and doing stuff, which made obviously COVID made that hard, but we started doing a lot more like outdoor activities that weren't necessarily public activities. So a lot more like of the park and, and walking and, and things like that. Um, my daughter, now that COVID has at least gone down a little bit, even though it's surging again, like we, we have activities available again. She does soccer. She does gymnastics. My son is just turned one a couple months ago so he hasn't gotten there yet but he wants to he's ready to play soccer and he's super excited um and then for me personally like I love I just like being outdoors I like being out at the park we have thankfully a lot of nice hiking around here we have a river we don't really have any lakes but we can go swim in the river um and I mean really like it's kind of hard to answer that question personally without involving my kids because that's feel like that's all I do I mean, you know, I have a five month old. She's not walking, but that's definitely all I do. So I, I agree <laughs> with it. I totally agree with you. And and it's it's amazing, right? It, it's it is something I like to do for fun, right? Um, is spending time with the baby. So yeah, that's great. Have Have you had a chance to read any interesting books lately? Books? I haven't had a chance to read any good books in a while. But when I do, I tend to lean towards like more young adult type stuff. So I read. I read like Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I read Divergent. Like a lot of these things have come into movies now. I read, um, what was the other one? Oh, The Hunger Games. I read, what else did I do? What's the other one? The other big one. Oh, I did like The Maze Runner and things. Oh, okay. So I read a lot of young adult stuff. I don't, and then I spend a ridiculous amount of time because I am still trying to learn so much. I spend a ridiculous amount of time studying and like reading articles. Like when I have a patient that I can't stop thinking about, I end up in bed reading up to date. Um, but that's not like leisure, obviously. No, but that is an important habit. So it's, uh, you'd be amazed at the, a lot of pe- uh, the amount of people that don't do things like that um, and don't advance, you know, in their knowledge and their career. So, um, you know, a little, a little Percy Jackson in between your up to date sounds like uh, sounds like good reading to me. I don't <laughs> think there's any issues there. <laughs> um, so, uh, if uh, if people wanted to get in contact with you, maybe they have questions about about being a PA or being a new grad. Um, how can they find you? So I have well, 
I have a LinkedIn. I haven't updated it in a very long time. I probably should, but it would be under Caitlin Duran. And then um, I I have an email that I would be happy to receive questions at, if that would be good. Sure. I'll, I'll, I have your email. I'll list it in the show notes for people. Um, and I don't really uh, have like a professional Facebook page or anything. I suppose maybe I should, but I don't. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so, Caitlin, you've given us a lot of advice thus far, but um, if you could give uh, the early career physician and other healthcare professionals just a single piece of advice, uh, what would that single piece of advice be? I would definitely say be open to communication with your coworkers. Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. I have always been someone who asks questions all the time, and that has helped me so much. And like, so if you're afraid to ask questions, you're going to miss things and you're going to miss out on learning opportunities. And then on the flip side of that, I would be open to receiving questions and to helping other providers become better. That's awesome. Early in my career, I was told by an uh, ER attending that the only way to learn emergency medicine is to see a lot of patients and ask a lot of questions. And I've found that to be absolutely true. So it's similar in a similar vein there. Um, Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your advice with people here. Um, it sounds like you're set up at a great place and, and I wish you all the best going forward in your career. And, uh, sounds like you're going to help a lot of people. Thank you so much, Dr. Tisser. I really appreciate you having me and I'm so glad we finally got to chat. I had a good time. Absolutely. Me too. Bye-bye. As we wrap up today, if you are coaching curious or a coach yourself, I encourage you to go to check out Physician Coaching Alliance at drpodcastnetwork.com slash physiciancoachingalliance. What a great show with Caitlin Duran. I really enjoyed the discussion of how to have an effective mentor-mentee relationship, as well as continuing education, communication, and how to best work with PAs and NPs. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell some of your colleagues. It really helps get the show out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is go to my website at andrewtisserdo.com where you can find loads of free resources as well as link to all my previous podcasts and an area to book a free call with me. That's all we have for today, everyone. So as always, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser D.O., TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser D.O., TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser D.O., TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.